You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today we're picking up on another episode of Do They Really Work? And this episode of Do They Really Work? We're going to be talking about vibrating foam rollers and i love them i have them all sorts of them and brands of them my kids love them they love to turn them on and just watch them move around the floor on their own as if they uh, uh as if the foam roller needs to be exercised of a demon that's just making it move everywhere they just it's fun but the question is, do they really work? And so we have to now go to the research to identify whether or not these vibrating foam rollers actually do anything. So let's first go to a study done in 2019 by Romero Moralita and all of the colleagues with multiple hyphenated names. They had 36 uh, healthy individuals. They were volunteers that signed up for this study, and what they did is they did the best they could to make them sore. So they put them through 10 sets of 10 repetitions of something called K-Box squats. And if you're not familiar with a K-Box, it is an inertia flywheel. So what they do is you stand on this platform, and there is a a flywheel there, and you're strapped to something around your waist, and you squat, and gives you resistance going up, and then that wheel pulls, and you lower back down, and it can actually resist you on the way down. So what they did is they set it up to do more resistance on the eccentric phase for the absolute purpose of inducing DOMS, delayed onset muscle soreness, make you sore, Second day soreness, what I like to call it, because uh, two days later, it seems to be worse than the day after. Ouch. So 48 hours later, second day soreness, they measured the soreness. They said, all right, let's do what they called a visual analogic scale, where they took several different categories just to see how sore they were. And one of those were passive, just like, are you passively sore without actually doing anything, no squatting, just lying there. Do you feel your legs being sore? Uh, the other thing was a pressure pain threshold. So they put pressure into the thighs. And if you felt it, then you certainly know that you're sore. By the way, anybody that was not sore was actually excluded from the study. So they were only doing this to check, um, uh, to add in that component. So oxygen saturation, they were checking counter movement jump. So that is actually an interesting one because there is a performance measure that's included in there. And then they did hip and knee range of motion testing after eliciting this muscle damage. So one group was on a regular foam roller. The other group was on a vibrating foam roller. It was a hyper ice vibrating foam roller at 18 hertz. So here are the findings. The first important finding is that the vibration foam roller group, the people that were on the vibrating foam rollers, had greater short-term benefits when it came to pain perception and when it came to passive hip extension range of motion. Um, and that's after they induced the eccentric muscle damage. So two things there, pain perception in the acute level and then passive hip extension range of motion. What was also interesting is that 
both the vibration and the non-vibrating foam roller protocols achieved, achieved similar short-term results in pressure pain threshold, the counter movement jump, oxygen saturation, and active hip extension range of motion and knee flexion range of motion. So aside from the pain perception, which let's be honest, if you're sore, then that's going to be valuable to you, uh, and passive hip range of motion, there was no significant difference between the regular foam roller that did not vibrate and the vibrating foam roller. So there were a couple things that were better, but in general, everything was relatively similar. So let's go to the next study. And these are isolated studies, and then we're going to get into a systematic review and meta-analysis. So stay with me. DiBenito et al. 2019, 24 individuals that volunteered randomized and vibration foam roller and a control. So there's a vibration roller, a regular foam roller, and a control group that didn't use the foam rolling. They did assessments like a sit and reach test. They did a Y balance test, a post-treatment perceived knee and ankle stability. Then they did a warm-up. And they did the warm-up followed by lunges until volitional fatigue. And then they did foam roller. And they did a vibrating foam roller. And the conditions showed that uh, there was greater ankle stability and range of motion, greater posterior medial and posterior lateral reach distance on the Y test, and better knee and ankle stability when compared to the control group or the non-foam roller group. However, there were no differences that were seen between the regular foam roller and the vibrating foam roller under these conditions. Interesting. All right, one more. Park et al. 2021. Uh, the article is entitled The Effect of Vibration Foam Rolling on Range of Motion in Healthy Adults, a Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis that was published in the Journal of Exercise Rehabilitation. And they found eight studies, six of which were randomized controlled trials. Because the other two were not RCTs, then that includes them into the systematic review. If they were all randomized controlled trials, then it would simply be a meta-analysis. With that said, there were 230 healthy people that ended up vol volunteering during the eight studies that are there. So they did something called a PEDRO scale, and the P-E-D in all caps, R-O, little. So that scale, it's basically a scale that allows researchers to evaluate the research. And they found that on average, that this research was considered fair. The, the, the score selection of all of these eight studies when put together was considered to be fair. So about a 4.5 out of a possible 10 that would have made them just incredible studies. So with that being said, the vibrating foam rollers were more effective in improving range of motion than the regular foam rollers in the hip and the knee joints. All right. Uh, they found that it was of benefit to increase range of motion at hip and knee for healthy populations. So with that being said, if there's a healthy population and especially hip and knee, ROM, then they found in general, as a general rule, that the vibration foam roller was better, 
but it wasn't that much better when you look at the research and you look at the content that was there. Was it, was it significant? There were some significance there and there were some ranges of motion that significance was not found. So there's several additional studies that also included dynamic stretching into the warmup and they found that to be beneficial and it can be additionally helpful with either a foam roller or a vibrating foam roller. So what they did, they did dynamic flexibility, dynamic stretching, and then they did dynamic stretching with a foam roller and dynamic stretching with a vibrating foam roller. The research studies, there were two of them. I didn't pull them up here because I didn't want to spend a lot of time on it, but the two studies showed that dynamic range of motion worked very well. If you did a foam roller prior to, then it worked a little bit better and there was not that much difference between the vibrating foam roller and the regular foam roller before you started doing the dynamic flexibility work. So it seems that the vibration rollers in the acute, the range of motion increases over regular foam rollers. So that's kind of interesting. However, when it comes to soreness and hip extension and the counter jump movements and oxygen saturation, aside from the acute phase that allowed the, the vibrating foam roller to, uh, to minimize some of that soreness, they were very similar. They were very similar in active hip extension, counter jump movement, oxygen saturation. A regular foam roller will do the job. A vibrating foam roller is not necessary, but it is nice. Definitely, they are nice. With that being said, you can spend 20 to 30 bucks on a good foam roller and you could spend 200 bucks on a vibrating foam roller. And if that works for you to get, in certain instances, better outcomes, then do it. Or if when you do it, you just say, my goodness, it feels so much better, then add the vibrating foam roller into it. I'm just here to tell you that based on the research that I spent some time looking at, and there might be more research, clearly there's going to be more research out there that I did not pull up, that I did not find, but the meta-analysis is something that I find to be pretty valuable, that you could do a regular foam roller and get just as good in many instances as a vibrating foam roller. So with that being said, if you're thinking about it, and holidays are coming up or a birthday and you want something really nice and you want the vibrating foam roller, go for it. Otherwise, the regular foam roller will probably do you just fine. My name is Rick Ritchie. I hope that you found this episode of Do They Really Work helpful because they do really work. The vibrating foam rollers do really work, but so do foam rollers. With that said, uh, might be another episode of Does Foam Rolling Really Work? And that could be something that we can explore in a future date. So uh, if you've got questions for me or you would like to suggest a do they really work version of the NASM CPT podcast, feel free to reach out to me, Instagram at dr.rickrichie, R-I-C-H-E-Y. Uh, and you can hit me up on an email, rick.richie at nasm.org. This has been the NASM CPT podcast.